Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome back to the Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast. Is Stuart Hogg off to Montpellier for bags of cash? Is Big Brian off to Toulon? And we speak to Scotland's Sevens legend Scott Riddell about his night out after winning the Twickenham Sevens. Here we go. Welcome back, lads. We had a, a week break last week, um, but we are back to chat all about Scottish rugby. Loads going on. On my right, there is Alan. Hello. How we doing? Very well, thank you. And Matt, he looks like he's carrying a big weight on his shoulders because Matt, <laughs> congratulations, mate. A newly engaged man. Thank you very much. And this time it is actually true. It's, it's official. So rogue prank. Mr. So and Mrs. Ramsey, you're listening. This is official. <laughs> this is the official engagement <laughs> announcement. So congratulations, mate. How are you feeling Thanks about so it? Thanks so much. Yeah, no, it's really good feeling. Yeah, Heather doesn't know, but he's just using it. the medium of podcast to <laughs> yeah, post. Yeah, doing it via this, via, <laughs> via our one original love. Exactly. Congratulations to Heather as well. Um, thank you very much for um, coming back to us, guys, listening to us on Acast or iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, despite there not being a pod last week, you have been chatting to us on Twitter at Thistle Rugby Podcast. There has been some memes over on Instagram, Thistle understroke rugby understroke pod. And if you'll believe it, guys, we've actually had quite a lot of emails. Um, we had loads of really angry emails oh, after yeah. the Glasgow loss to Southern Kings. A lot of people out there using us as like a sort of therapy, which I thought was really nice. A couple at two in the morning, people had a few too whiskey, too many <laughs> whiskeys. <laughs> just <laughs> there seemed to be an awful lot of late night drinking going on after the Southern Kings game. A lot of soul searching <laughs> for Glasgow Warriors fans. So thank you very much. Um, that is uh, the Thistle Rugby at um, gmail.com. We're going to get into a bit of correspondence to kick us off in a second. But just to start, um, this is our second pod since we've been in partnership with the great guys over at Scrum Magazine. They're one of the best brands and in Scottish rugby media. 
get onto their uh, website, scrummagazine.com. You'll find the latest news across the uh, amateur, the pro, and the international game, and the women's game as well. You can like them on Facebook, follow them on Twitter as well. They've got issue 111 coming out at the end of October, um, which is going to be their full um, autumn international preview. I believe they are also hosting a um, lunch uh, on the 3rd of November at Indigo Yard to coincide with uh, the Doddy Weir Cup, which is happening in, at the Millennium Stadium. And um, they've got a big name guest who I'm not entirely sure if I'm allowed to tell you who it is yet, but they've got a big name <laughs> coming down for that. So that's the guys at Scrum. Get on to scrummagazine.com and um, get all your Scottish rugby news there. Right, our corporate obligations are done. <laughs> 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 Thank you. As I say, we're really, uh, we love your correspondence. How about this one? On the emails from Jamie Campbell, he says, Guys, my biggest problem with Scottish rugby just now is what appears to me to be a complete lack of on-field leadership. We have moved towards the idea of a collective leadership group, particularly at Glasgow, which is fine when winning. However, we see a time and time again, the Southern Kings, for fuck's sake, nobody obviously taking control of a situation that is going south. Glasgow have been consistently changing their captains from season to season and don't seem to find the right person. Also, after the success of your cashless payments campaign at Murrayfield, can you please get Domino's to bring back the double decadence? So, yeah. Well, um, let's, let's address the most burning issue there. I am going to start a crowdfunding GoFundMe page to bring back the double decadence. I think we need the double decadence Already back. done, mate. Did it a few, <laughs> few weeks ago. <laughs> Jamie says that it is ruining Friday Night Lights and the rugby is bad enough. So why don't we start there before getting into the news. A quick comment on Glasgow and Scotland's possible leadership problem. Any thoughts? I think it's fair enough, actually. I think um, if you look back to Six Nations last year, particularly that Welsh match, when things aren't going to script... I think that Scotland and Glasgow do have a leadership problem. There's sort of an inability to react to what's going on in front of them and an unwillingness or inability to, to change the game plan. Yeah, I guess if just reviewing some of the games, I can't think of a game in the last sort of 12 to 18 months where Glasgow or Scotland have been potentially struggling in the first 20 to 25 minutes and have managed to sort of turn a game around. The only one I can think of is the France game in the Six That's Nations. That's what I was going to say. That said yeah. quite a lot for bringing back Greg Laidlaw into the into the fray. And the fact that he then moved to 10 later on in the match sort of helped yeah. things out a bit. No, I think specifically that Kings game, you know, it wasn't like there wasn't leaders, well, le- le- suppose leaders on the pitch. You know, you had Ryan Wilson, had Pete Horn, you know, Tommy Seymour. But he, within about f- five, ten minutes, you could tell it wasn't going to plan and no one was really dry, like leading that team yeah. forward. So yeah, I think it's a bi- I think it is a big issue, and it's going to be one that we will keep on covering throughout the season, particularly when we get towards autumn international time. Um, let's have a quick skip over the news, and then we're gonna uh, we've got a great interview with um, Scotland Sevens legend um, Scott Riddell, uh, which is really really good, and then we'll talk about the weekend's results, and then we'll have a quick skip through from some Scots abroad, having a look at the Scots who are applying their trade away from Edinburgh and Glasgow. Starting with news, potentially a new man for the Scots abroad, Stuart Hogg. Lots of rumours abound of what he is going to be doing next season after the World Cup. Latest ones are the Exeter Chiefs. That was in the rugby paper at the weekend, and that goes on top of uh, speculation in the French press that Montpellier, Vern Cotter's Montpellier, are going to come in with a big bid for him. Matt, what do you reckon to this? 
I mean, X is quite a big surprise. They're not known for, you know, spending l- lots and lots of money on the sort of more Galactico uh, end of the spectrum. But the more I think about it, I think it actually, if they, they do go for it, I think it'd be a really good move for Hog. I think it's a club that, you know, they want to get their pound of flesh, but I think they'll treat him well. And I think he could sort of be like that that spark that they need in in europe to do really really well and i'd I'd love to see him sort of like playing in big european matches on that stage and showing what he could do yeah absolutely we saw i think it's phil dorman and ollie woodburns this is the last year of their contract so whether they look at that as a reason to sort of shell out some big money for a big name back and it probably would give them a bit of a different element to their game you know they are Whilst, you know, they have made big strides, they are still a very forward, yeah, heavy sure. team. And actually bringing someone in like Stuart Hall just gives them sort of a different different angle. So you would sooner see Hoik's only Galactico going to um, Exeter than Montpellier? I think so. I don't know if that's like completely fair, but there's definitely a... What, him being Hoik's only Galactico? Or? No, I think that's very fair. Um <laughs> But, you know, whether he would actually get treated very badly at Montpellier and not looked after. Because, you know, the Premiership's still brutal and they don't really rest players. And Montpellier's squad is huge. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be Vern Cotter's final fuck you to SOU. He tried to do it with Russell last year and now he wants Hogg. But I also think that Exeter are a far better team and club than Montpellier are at the moment. Yeah. For sure, so we'll keep an eye on that. That will not be the last we've heard of it. Another departure or potential departure to France, big young Brian is being continually linked to Toulon. Um, one of the guys that follows the French press on Twitter saying that it's essentially a, a deal done. Um, done deal. Done deal. <laughs> deal done. <laughs> um, apparently he was at Glasgow training today. So I don't know what's going on there. Is it paperwork or whether it's just a bit of um, bluster from Bougelau? I'm just not really sure how he even found young Brian. Like, it's not like... He's Nakawara and he's like tearing it up week in, week out and playing in the Pro 14 final. Like, how many games has young Brian even played? Yeah, it's a good point. He was like, because they were like, oh, they're looking at bringing young Brian and Milner Scudder. Like, <laughs> what a weird combination. He's of not people. an international either. Because Ex- he, uh, he's not, because he could, no, play, for he Scotland, could play for Scotland. He could play for Scotland. It's just a very strange. I think he's literally just like being given a piece of paper with these stats. And is like, that is exactly the sort of guy Quite I want. Possibly. That's what I was going to say. I think there must be a database. And they're like, right, we're looking for someone between 120 <laughs> and 130 kgs. Under 22 years. Under 20. We can pay him this much. <laughs> exactly. Honestly, somebody must have that data. And they're just like, it spits out young Brian. And that's it. <laughs> and he's looked at the photo. He's gone, are you sure he's only 22? <laughs> that can't be right. Um, but we'll keep, as I say, he was at Glasgow training today. So who knows? Um, we will keep an eye on his move to Toulon. Glasgow's recruitment for a prop, prop idol, continues. Um, it seems like a fairly significant signing that they need to make very, very quickly. I think there was some sort of, there's a tweet during the rounds that uh, sort of rugby agency was was looking to hire a, yeah, a prop. Yeah, People speculating that it was Glasgow, which I wouldn't be surprised by. There is like a 26-year-old pop, prop currently playing in the Mayor Cup who will... Do, do they will job. find they can yeah. find someone who is playing prop out yeah. there yeah M- surely yeah <laughs> that wants a gig that could just do a job for like three or like or a georgian months. or something that'd be quite good oh it'd be good to a get Romanian. georgian yeah get something like that some big horrible bastard become like a cult character yeah 
<laughs> we will keep an eye on that. Um, the other piece of news since we've been away is the new um, Sevens squad has uh, been announced. And as I mentioned at the top, we've had a really uh, interesting chat with um, Scotland Sevens legend Scott Riddle. Um, and we started off by asking him for his thoughts on that new squad. The kind of core group's probably the way extended from you know, the last season. Uh, we had Dougie Fife, James Johnson um, move from from us to Edinburgh Rugby last season uh, and then we've had a few you know, retirements previously before that um, and then this season um, James Fleming and Nick McLennan had moved on as well but there's a you know a good core group of young lads in there now, um, myself included <laughs> and you know it's just uh, very much you know, development focus for us at the moment with the Sevens um, I think it's the largest Sevens squad Largest core seven squad that's been assembled since um, since there was you know about f- uh, fifteen or sixteen of us um, three years ago. So it's uh, it's grown a bit, but that's you know that's a really really good thing, really positive. You always got to account for injuries, and you know there's a couple of guys in there who are really looking to use the sevens to springboard onto you know bigger. But I wouldn't class it as better things. I would class sevens as better fifteens. <laughs> but uh, we'll we'll not uh, not get too much into that. Um, yeah, but of no, course. It's, uh, it's good. Yeah, it's a, it's a development tool, a, a good development tool for the boys. <laughs> yeah, it's good party line. Um, obviously, there's there's the more experienced guys in the squad, like yourself, Jamie Farndale, uh, Robbie Ferguson. But who, who are the sort of young guys? Um, that wants to watch. I think there'll be a few names in there that people aren't actually that that familiar with, likes of uh, Kyle Stain and Mungo Mason. What what have you seen from those guys? Yeah, um, Kyle Stain. You know, in the news a wee bit last week, uh, he is captain of the Grickers at the moment, uh, Curry Cup in South Africa. Uh, big, you know, ball carrying centre stroke winger, um, like big big man. He came to play for us in the Las Vegas and Vancouver legs last year, which, you know, if, if you represent the, the Sevens, that's, you know, international cap effectively. So really, you know, you know, nailing his colours to the mast and looking to, you know, come over and, and make a real go of it in Scotland. He's a, he's a good lad. Um, and then, you know, Mungo Mason, Different, different background altogether. He was born in Scotland, moved over to you know, New Zealand when he was two, um, and then played for Waikato Region, uh, Waikato University, uh, I think the Chiefs' uh, wider squad, and then went and played for one of the, the pro sides in America. And, you know, again, like big like physical specimen, um, well, you know, fits a real profile for for sevens as well as, you know, in, in the back row in fifteens as well. But you know, both both good kids. Um, and you know, you're saying like Jamie Farndale and, and Robbie Ferguson, the you know more experienced guys. These guys are only you know, 23, 24. So um, they've still got like so much rugby in them, even though they are experienced within sevens. Um, and then there's you know young younger other guys like Gav Lowe and. You know, um, Josh Henderson as well has come back from 
mm. uh, Nice as well. He's involved with the Sevens, and there's Alec Coombs has come up from London Scottish as well as some you know real talented guys who've been playing really really well in the club scene in Scotland. You know Harvey Elms who, who broke through so well with the Sevens last year in the centre. He was going really well for Curry, uh, Ross McCann, Sam Procure. And, you know, now Godsmart's come back on board as you know a full-time sevens player, having been you know with the sevens a few years ago, uh, and then was sort of part sevens, part Melrose last year. But he's he's going to be a cracking sevens player. You know, he's really in, in my sort of mould. Hard worker, great defender, good you know good over ball, and will just sort of be a real, a real link man for the team. So. Um, and then there's the older guys, you know, Joe, Joe and I, Kavu and, and Jack Cuthbert as well. So it's it's a good good blend, um, and it's it's going to be you know a good season. Took so much learning from last year because it was a wee bit of a roller coaster, mm. and there's some ups and downs and some real big events thrown in there as well. But yeah, the boys will be will be will be, will be good this season. Good stuff. I mean the. Speak, speaking of yourself there, sort of, as you say, sort of a bit more experience. I mean, it's quite an interesting journey you've had into the Sevens team. Maybe for the people that, you, that don't know, you've taken a bit of an unorthodox route. If you could just uh, let people know exactly how you, you came to be involved and, and involved for such a, a long time. Well, it's funny. Um, this is like my 10th year of the Sevens, which is pretty crazy because I was never, you know, like best in the year or whatever at, at rugby, but always just you know, worked pretty hard and um, went down to uni in Newcastle at Northumbria and ended up getting involved in quite a lot of invitational sevens and uni rugby and a wee bit with the Falcons Academy but that was kind of where I sort of you know found my niche with the sevens and then played in you know Melrose sevens and, and Middlesex sevens and actually won it with the Falcons and then Stevie Gemmell the coach at the time kind of brought me up from Newcastle and I commuted up for Wednesday night trainings then eventually got got to go on a trip and then it was uh, it was awesome I was really like thrown in at the deep end because I got to play in San Diego Sevens and then a month later kind of got called into a Sevens World Cup because Richie Vernon uh, managed to break a bone in his foot so that was my second ever tournament was a, a Sevens World Cup which was pretty crazy um, and then you know ended up moving back up to Edinburgh worked for Midlothian Council as a rugby development officer for a wee while uh, went back to play for Stu Mel for a wee bit um, and after about you know 18 months in that, and still playing the sevens, taking my annual leave to travel with the sevens, um, uh, like a full-time contract came around then, and then that's been me for the last uh, six, it was my seventh year as a as a pro, but but tenth tenth year involved with the sevens. So yeah, I suppose a wee bit unorthodox, but. Quite, quite enjoyed it. Been, been like some, some journey. A lot of, a lot of good memories and met a lot of good people and, you know, had a, had a good one. But, but still going, still going. Not, not quite retiring just quite yet. Yeah, definitely. And, and I mean, how much did it help when you were playing at Jumel to, to have myself outside you? Did that really sort of bring on your, your sevens game as a whole? Yeah, you know, I just think that that experience. I mean, I think that's what <laughs> I'd actually put my whole, you know, career down to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought so, but you know, good for you to say. How? Uh, I think how we was... had it. So I think Matt, we had a good game against each other actually up at Marbell Sevens. Yeah, I do um, remember. There's a bit of aggro. Yeah, there was. <laughs> I know it was a wee bit awkward for a time because I think you 
maybe thought I was a, a full-time pro player, and, and you, you think you can have said, what, what are you doing playing in this? And I did. I, I did. actually got a full-time job as well, <laughs> mate. I did, so. I did sling some mud at you that, that day, and you got the win, so yeah, I didn't come across that great that day. <laughs> was that in the final of Mabel? Yeah, it was the final. Yeah, it was. The, the St Andrews Uni team had been... You know, uh, drafting in players from all sorts of things. <laughs> uh, I have to say that is a, a cracking tournament and definitely, you know, something I'd be keen to get back up to um, and and try and uh, you know try and defend that that title that we won over you back that day. All right, all right. <laughs> moving on, moving on. Uh, I know you've obviously played sevens for for a while how have you seen the game develop since you know your first tournament in san diego through to now just uh the you know physicality has massively increased teams are way more organized in defense and um, they put you under a lot more pressure now set piece everything's challenged massively you know scrums aren't just a sort of lean on teams are trying to like get the nudge on the tight head and you know, line out's gonna be pretty much on the money. There's no free ball and then, you know, the kickoff is the sort of third set piece in sevens and that teams will have strategies all across the field that they'll have low kicks, high kicks, um, and then, you know, chase strategies from there just to try and win the ball back because it's that old cliche that, you know, possession's king in sevens and if you can keep the ball it's generally harder defending than it is attacking. Um and you can you can be successful, but some of the athletes in the that you see on the sevens now is is pretty crazy. There's some like absolute monster forwards out there, and some some pretty you know pretty quick backs. But it's, it's the guys that sort of have have both are you know really uh, really dangerous. Some of the centres these days are, are big strong ball carriers with good feet, and you know teams will you know not necessarily keep the ball away from contact as they previously would. They'll use the contact to yeah. disorganise defences or try and get two players off their feet to create overlaps and you know just build pressure more a sort of fifteens context. But um, saying the other day, I think you know, sevens at one point fully moving away from fifteens, but with the like change in the in the breakdown now that tacklers to come through the gate, it's all about like getting over the gain line again. And, it's maybe coming back towards 15s a little bit, I would say. So it's uh, still, you know, massively entertaining to watch. And it's uh, the, the tournaments are awesome spectacles and some of the places you get to travel to are, are pretty cool. So it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty good. I think uh, probably one of the most exciting rugby games in 7s or 15s I've ever watched was when you guys won the World Series in England against South Africa in that final. Just how big was the night out in London after that win? Uh, yeah, it was a pretty crazy game that we were <laughs> kind of down and out. And we were, you know, I think there was 10 seconds left on the clock and we'd just scored, taken a conversion and then got the ball back. And then from kind of like South Africa, I think, thought they'd kind of won it. And yeah. then we came back and, and got the got the win. It was just an you know, amazing feeling and we just sort of carried that euphoria onto the night out and um, <laughs> what's it called near uh, near Chelsea and Stamford Bridge. So we just went along there. I think there was a nice uh, establishment called the Slug, and <laughs> it was generally pretty messy. You know, it was something 
boys are just boy to to coin an expression i think you're going to ask me about this later but boys had the puggy right up and <laughs> we uh we just fairly fairly went for it and did did what we need to do we, we made some some good memories and just uh and had a, had a good time and stuck together as a team and you know just uh I think boys are still going in the morning, really, but it was it was good fun. It was good fun. Sounds great, and you, you have taken us to where we were going next. So thank you very much for that. Um, we asked some uh, asked the fans on Twitter um, what they wanted to ask you, and uh, friend of the pod and uh, Glasgow winger Lee Jones came back and asked, "Could you define the word puggy, please, Scott?" So you've set yourself up. Um, so go ahead. Yeah. So I was I was having to think about this and. I think it was kind of this is so basically we we use the word, word puggy as sort of like like get get the puggy up you know get the get the buzz up get get the boys in the right place but I think it came from a gambling machine and if you talk about a gambling machine being called as a as a puggy the puggy machine um you know maybe you've you've won the you've won the jackpot you got the puggy up you're you're in a good place um, and then it just seemed to get used in a team context in that we'd have our hands in before a game and puggy up just you know just rolls <laughs> off the tongue and I think boys boys have some fond memories of when it's been used in other contexts on nights out and stuff and we you know, it's just associated with sort of good times and um, we've had people you know, having maybe a bit too much puggy at times, uh, <laughs> but it just, uh, it's definitely a, a positive thing, definitely a good thing. Uh, in the morning, sometimes you need a bit a bit more puggy, and that just <laughs> get, gets the boys going, get the tunes on, get the puggy up, here we go, that's I like, it. I like the I sound that. of that, yeah. Um, and sort of looking ahead to this season, um, what what are the aims for the, for the seventh squad um, looking ahead to the to the World Series? Yeah, well, you know, last year was a, a frustrating one. We were, you know, one one or two performances away from being, you know, ninth in the world, but we we had a poor finish to the season in London and Paris, and I think we were, you know, something like two points. If we'd had two or three points more, we would have jumped up to tenth. If we'd had five points more, we'd have been in ninth. But we ended up twelfth last year, so you know, it wasn't really a, a vintage season. Um, the highest we've ever finished is seventh, so we're not, you know, we're not miles and miles away. But the that series is so competitive now, so tight that it's fine margins. It's cliche again, but you know we're looking to try and you know push back into the you know top ten and and getting get more quarterfinals. That's that's kind of the the aim is to give ourselves more chances in the cup competition. With that, you know, you get you get more points. But we're finding the games we lost last year, specifically that fourth game on day two, where if you win it, you guaranteed five points in the series. We maybe hadn't quite made the quarterfinals on day one, but if you lose it, you're really battling to win two more games and you only get three points. So I think on maybe three occasions, we lost that fourth game, which puts you in a real nasty situation to try and go and get to try and salvage anything from the weekend and unfortunately for you know one reason or another we were we fell you know fell short in that particular game which is a you know the most important game in the weekend should you end up in that position 
Um, so I think it's looking for a bit more consistency, but boys will have learned so much from last season. A lot of young guys playing their first tournaments on the World Series, and it is crazy quick, crazy intense, really physical. And then you top that up by playing three games on the Saturday, and then you have to get your bed on the Sunday when you're in absolute tatters and, and do it all again. And that's kind of you know, the, the biggest difference, I would say, from players and a lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Scotland experiencing it and just building that, you know, bank of of knowledge and understanding and what your body's going to feel like to then deal with it on that that Sunday as well. So we'll we'll be we'll be better this year. We'll be better this year. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Great. That sounds. I really like the sound of that. Um. Well, we'll, we'll let you go, mate. Uh, best of luck for the for the rest of the series, and we're going to be uh, keeping a close eye on it and, and cheering you guys on. So yeah, best of luck. Nice one, guys. Thanks very much for having me on. That was that was good fun. Matt, do you want to give us a little bit more detail of what happened at this sevens tournament between you and Scott? Right. So let me set the scene. It was the further. It played in the St Andrews tournament, my, my kind of local tournament, um, for four years. Had never got past the quarterfinals, and the stars align get to the final we've got a good team got a few ringers actually including current seven squad member glenn bryce and we're playing a team called the shark kings that have scott riddle in them and things aren't going to plan i fuck up a two-on-one scott tackles (laughs) me i sort of pathetically hold on to his sock as he gets up he says nice one mate you fucked up that one didn't you i say i kind of lose my rag and say well at least i'm not uh Full Scotland Sevens International playing Ooh. a student tournament. Handbags. Handbags yeah, galore. Yeah, I know. We were already about 30 points down. It was, <laughs> you know, my, my last desperate attempt. Um, and now he's come on your podcast. Well, and yeah, exactly. your pants down in front of all the I know, all I know. Years. You know, that was like <laughs> seven years ago. Absolutely got it. <laughs> yeah. But, but that, now that was really interesting. Mates, so that's fine. I mean, to be fair, I was like eating a burger, drinking. I was, I was enjoying it. I, when Scott Riddle put in the hit, I was like, <laughs> I'm, I'm happy it was happened to you. <laughs> Uh, but that was great, and uh, it'll be really interesting to see how the Scotland team get on this year. Should we have a look back at the um, Pro 14 results from the weekend? Um, so let's start with Glasgow, 29-13 win against the Dragons. Um, it's saying Jones 3 on the BBC. Lee There's Jones two got different two. Ty- two Jones different types of Joneses. Yeah. Yeah. So two from Lee Jones, um, one from Hugh Jones, uh, 
one from Alex Dunbar, and one from man of the match, man mountain, Ollie Kebble, with um, Hastings only popping over two conversions, so not a great night from the I tee mean, from him. It was so windy. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't come I think here. He was 100% kicking until he missed, he missed his first conversion as well. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, yeah, for yeah. the season? For the season, although he's not been doing that much kicking. Didn't come here for Adam Hastings' PR, Alan. That is fair. All right. um, but what did you guys make of that? Alan, I know you watched the whole thing. Yeah, I think, I, I mean, just looking at the Dragons, I actually thought defence-wise, the first sort of 60 minutes, they were pretty good. Yeah. Just in attack, they were absolutely dog shit. <laughs> and just to, get, just to show you how little they had in attack, their scrum, their scrum half passed the ball 52 times. And their fly half passed it four times in the whole game. What? Four <laughs> times. Four times. Four times. <laughs> How ridiculous is that? How many times did he kick it? He, uh, he, I, I, don't, I don't know. But just to give you an indication, Fraser Brown passed the ball more times <laughs> than the Dragons <laughs> 10 in that whole game. How ridiculous is that? Man, their playmaker is like their tight head prop. So, <laughs> you know, strategy. <laughs> but I think that just gives you an indication of A, how much territory and possession Glasgow had and how much sort of, how little the Dragons had in attack. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's quite interesting. But I mean, this was the, the big bounce back game where it certainly should have been after the horrific um, soul destroying loss away to the to the Southern Kings. What does it sort of tell you about Glasgow? Who were the sort of key performers? And um, with one eye on the Autumn Internationals coming around the corner, how were the sort of Scotland players um, coming through? So really positively. So Dunbar, kind of first proper game back. Yep. Nothing, too, nothing too flashy, but good in defence, great offload for one of Lee Jones's tries. Very nice. And just looked really solid and actually is exactly the sort of player Glasgow needs yeah. going into going Absolutely. into Scott. Looked exactly the sort of player they've been missing. Yep. And I think specifically this was probably the first time that Hugh Jones looked like Hugh Jones for Glas like in terms of Scotland Hugh Jones. Do you think that's got something to do with the fact that he had Dunbar inside him? Yeah, I think so. I think it's just also just game time. Yeah. Just he's just been struggling with injuries the whole time with, with Glasgow. And there was kind of a few moments in the first half where he was kind of just getting outside his opposite man and was starting to make a few half breaks, putting Matawell into space. And I think for, I think Gregor Townsend will look at that game and will want those two to be stuck mm. together for the next three Glasgow games before the Autumn Internationals. What were those uh, the stats flying around about Adam Hastings in the game? Beat 11 defenders. And that's the most ever. In, since Opto been doing the stats. Over 10. Two, over, over 10. Only two players in the, in the Pro 14 last year beat that. And one was Blair Kinghorn and the other one was the, was it Waholo, the Cardiff Blues centre? Halaholo, yeah. Halaholo. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, wow. Hastings does run with the ball a ridiculous amount of times. You, what were you saying about um, Adam Hastings before? That he's just too loose. He is too loose. He's, <laughs> he's worse than Russell. <laughs> he's gen they have generally found the only fly half in the Northern Hemisphere who is looser than Finn Russell. Do you think that, you know, dents his chances of being on the bench for Scotland in the autumn because he is literally not an option if we need someone to close out a game? Or do you think you, you need to have Grieg on the bench as well so he can come on if it's... Well, Grieg's starting. We have Grieg starting? Yeah, Grieg yeah, will start. Grieg will, Grieg will start. start. With Hastings at 10 and Finn at 12. <laughs> imagine you had like, imagine you had like <laughs> Price, Horn, Hastings, Russell. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh my <laughs> God. Too much. Um, but look, he, he he offers so much 
in attack. He's an unbelievable runner, and whilst he's not a big guy, he rides tackles out. Yeah, he's so super well. strong. Um, look, I'm just yeah. I. He played a lot of games last year against your sort of zebras and kings. He's had a, he obviously had a good game, a relatively okay game against Munster. Or sorry, man of the match game against Munster. Played pretty well in this game. I just don't think we've seen him play behind a, a pack that's going backwards. Yeah. Or that's particularly under pressure. So that Saracens game could be really interesting from that point of view. Exactly. Did you guys see... Either the, you probably only need to see the highlights of the Saracens bath game at the weekend. They're, they're pretty good, Saracens, they? They are quite good at rugby. That's a record now for consecutive bonus point wins in the Premiership. Like in a row. so efficient. Yeah, they're the just Borg. so, so good. Um, I mean, we'll come on to obviously doing a, a much bigger um, Champions Cup preview next week. But on what you've seen five games into the season, does it change your mind when we said that we don't think Glasgow are going to get out of that group? Currently, no. Uh, well, I still think they got a chance of getting a second place finish. Yeah. I cannot envisage a world where they beat Saracens home or away. Yeah, unfortunately not. Yeah, it's and it's. I guess it's interesting. Like I think, you know, we kind of gave Dave Rennie a little bit of slack last year because he didn't have his full preseason. He's almost had his full preseason now, and it doesn't feel at the moment like the team's improved that much. No, yeah, I, I, I do I feel that. that he's not had the opportunity to recruit maybe some of the players he wanted. But in terms of that was a, that was a, the excuse that we put forward a lot of times last year. Mm. And I don't think there's been any particular improvement in performance five games in. I, I agree. And I think if you look at the front five, Xander Ferguson dropping out, I think that front five is not of that sort of top-level European quality. I think it's Kebble and Fraser Brown, but now they're going to be packing I mean, down with Darcy Ray. I think... Ke- I, slightly, I kind of disagree with you, actually. I think three of the best players this season have been Kebble, Brown and Gray. I think Gray has actually stepped up some of his carrying this year. It's the back row that's been pretty poor. Ryan Wilson with another random, unpressured drop in midfield. Try. Yeah. And I don't think... I think Gibbons is acting at a standard below he was at last year. Yeah. Mm. Um, and again, with Ash and Ferguson, they're fine. Yeah. But they're not, you know, world... Not playing like world-class no. rugby. Yeah. So I'm a bit worried at what, you know, your Billies and your... Jackson Rays could do in that respect. Yeah, that is going to be something to behold in a couple of weeks' time. Um, right, back in Edinburgh, it was Friday night, and it was a bit of a thriller, but Edinburgh managed to sneak past Benetton Treviso. 31 points to 30. Tries from uh, Matt Scott, Big Duhan van der Merwe, uh, Blair Kinghorn, and Dougie Fife with Simon Hickey. Um, yeah, four from four. Very nice. Very nice, Simon. Congratulations. Um, I watched the vast majority of this game and it was pretty mad. Edinburgh seemed fairly on top of it and then lost their mind a little bit. Why'd you turn it off? The missus had enough. (laughs) I was cooking dinner and she didn't want to watch it. (laughs) There was a a little bit of that. I sort of, I was sitting, I, I can't remember what was on the TV, but I sort of had the phone in front of me, in front of the TV. Yeah. But I wasn't, you know, fully engaged that's, with that's it. That's all you can hope for sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, it was a bit of a frustrating one. It just seemed as if whenever Edinburgh were going to put daylight between themselves and Benetton, they just let them back into the game. And fair play to Benetton. They play quite sort of 
untypical Italian rugby. We're chucking the ball around and getting a lot of joy in the wide channels. Yeah. Which, I mean, makes sense. If you look at, maybe they look they're at the Italian watch. pack and think, so they look at the Edinburgh pack and think, well, that's where the strengths are. It's the backs where they're a bit weaker. Yeah. I thought it was a really, really enjoyable game. I mean, it's a bit weird coming out of a game and saying that Edinburgh back line is a positive and Edinburgh forwards are probably yeah. the negative. Yeah. Like, felt, feel like the Edinburgh forwards didn't get like bullied, but they just the, they the scrum wasn't great either. The scrum wasn't great, and they they weren't kind of dominating the contact area at all. But the thing is, you know, I did. It is encouraging the fact that Edinburgh the backline were looking really sharp. Yeah, and like absolutely. finally actually firing. And I think we've been critical of Duncan Hodge in the past, and just not quite seeing what his input is, but. Two set piece tries, you know, you've got to give him quite a lot of credit. And yeah. The fact that that's coming through, you think, right, well, okay, eventually the, the, the forwards will, the forwards are okay. You don't have to worry too much about them. It's just, you know, putting the two together. You think. So are you in agreement that Christine is the best 13 in the Northern Hemisphere? Maybe he's, <laughs> <laughs> maybe he's the glue that Edinburgh, Edinburgh he, needs. He's, he's played well. He is. He's a good player. I'm saying it. He is. He's, he's very decent. I mean, the, the, the set piece I had high hopes for Bennett, but... Yeah, with, with Bennett out. With Bennett out, he's Why taking not? that opportunity. Yeah. And uh, I think Blair Kinghorn just continues to show why we're not that bothered about Hogg being out for at least some of it's, the autumn. It's less of an issue than yes. maybe it would have been even a year ago, yeah. two years ago. And probably why he'll probably start in the wing in the Six Nations if Hogg is If Hogg comes back. I think yeah. so, yeah. I think Townsend's showing that that's something that he wants to see. Yeah. He's tried it out and it, mm. it went well against Ireland, in my opinion, even though we lost it. And then, Yeah, definitely. And he's it. been strong since. So Yeah, I mean, every week in the Pro 14, he's consistently one of the best players on the park. Like mm. He is really, really good. Do you see the stat that Bill Matt had carried the ball 28 times? I've got it, I've yep. I've got it in front of me, yeah. It is the most that anyone has ever carried in the Pro 14 since uh, 2010. Since stats began with Opto. <laughs> since the beginning of since time. Since records began, no one has carried the ball. That's incredible. He's 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 a, an amazing player. And that back row is with him and Bradbury and Watson and the options that Edinburgh have got there. It's really, really tasty. With Jamie Ritchie as well. Obviously, John Barkley to come back. They're absolutely spoilt for choice. Was Hamilton playing again? No, it was no, he Bradbury, wasn't. Watson and Mata. Mm, okay. Although Mata doesn't really like tackling he's kind of <laughs> like love it. he doesn't love it he's kind of like i'm okay with just running the ball at but people. i mean it's not as if he's mucking around is he like 28 carries he's putting in a shift he's getting yes. himself no, up no, off the deck i agree everything. but y- yeah and i just think I if you've you got mean. him and bradbury both on who love carrying you gotta yeah, just the, be like the balance, some of the pack. Yeah. it's like all you need to do all day is kind hit rocks kind of feels that edinburgh don't like tackling that much though they are shipping a lot of points yeah mm. they they shipped 30 plus to Leinster, shipped 30, um, obviously they won, but they shipped 30 to Benetton. High 20s to Ulster. High 20s to Ulster. 30. Lost in the last kick of the game. It was very tight against the Ospreys' first game mm. of the season. Um, they're, they're conceding a hell of a lot of points. I mean, Co- Benetton Cockrell came out afterwards and was like, that was his main talking point. Yeah. The tack- tackle rate was unacceptable. But it's, a- it's, abs- it's the polar opposite to what I thought Edinburgh would be like this yeah, year. Yeah, it's strange. Yeah. I thought they would be great defence and would be able to close out games. And what's happened is they've got terrible defence <laughs> and can't close out games, <laughs> which is just truly a very strange phenomenon. Mm. That's 
really um, annoying. Um, well, why don't we have a quick look ahead to what's going on with the uh, what the pro teams are up to this weekend. Um, it's animal-themed. We've got Edinburgh against the Cheetahs and Glasgow against Zebra on Friday night. Big very safari high. night. Safari night. That is very <laughs> exciting. <laughs> I mean, someone's definitely... At a marketing meeting, put out that idea. <laughs> safari that's gonna be, night. That's going to be all over like the Scottish rugby Twitter yeah. tomorrow. It's going to be Scottish rugby <laughs> safari night. Boy, what's everyone wearing to safari night? How exciting. Let's start with Edinburgh against the Cheetahs. Um, Friday night in the Big Bowl in Murrayfield. Super high scoring. Oh, it's going to be ridiculous. No, n- no yeah. one's turning up to defend. Yeah. is that? I, f- f- I think Edinburgh will win... 43 points to 37. <laughs> I could see that. I literally could see that. Yeah. An 80 point thriller. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. Bonus point win. Yeah. Take bonus it. point win. That's all you've got to take. I think they'll get a bonus point win. I think they'll get a bonus point win as well. I think Cheetahs have been poor at home, which is when you expect them to be good. Two Rand Blues close this week. Yeah. Winning yeah. up until about 75th yeah. minute. And they sort of got nothing to lose as well, I feel, on these away trips. And then they just sort of play without any pressure and, and do yeah. okay. But no, I think Edinburgh will have enough. I think they'll win, but boatloads of meat pies. Boatloads of good. meat pies. Um, and then Glasgow versus Edinburgh, that's got to be five points, right? Yeah, surely nothing else. Yeah, yes. Friday night at Scottsdale against Edinburgh, you can't be losing that. If you're, if you're Dave Rennie, though, are you picking your full strength team? Or mm. are you leaving them cotton wool for Saracens? I reckon you keep, you got to keep Hastings, Dunbar and Jones. Just keep those three working together. Because I think last week was the first time they've ever played together as a three. Yeah. And if you're going to, they've got to start against Saracens. You've got to keep some senior guys in the pack as well. Because I, yeah. mean, I don't think Greg Peterson is ever going to play for Glasgow again. I so don't think he will. <laughs> you know, you can't put him in instead of Gray, for example. Well, they're so. a little bit light on second rows if Big Brian goes away. Yeah. Well, they had Andrew Davidson on the bench. Andrew Davidson was on the bench. Quite good when he came on. Um, I don't think they'll change it that much. I think they might take out someone like Kebble. Maybe, maybe give Gibbons. Johnny. Maybe give Take one or Gibbons, two. Yeah. A, a I think if I think if they had hosed the Southern Kings as they were meant to, yeah, they would have run the they would have Same run team. the Shags against yeah, the yeah, Ze- yeah. against Zebra. Yeah, but I think they need. They, I think they need game time. Mm. Yeah, I think it, it's worthwhile. I'm a little bit nervous about like Dunbar. Just seems he's had so many niggling little injuries. I know he's got to I'm play always, to yeah. come through. I'm them, always worried about that. Yeah. Really worried about him getting injured. No, I know what you mean. In- interesting thing from the weekend I saw, this is the first time, last weekend was the first time Glasgow didn't sell out for about two years. Mm. I do think that though it was a Saturday night game at Scotson and everyone just has Friday night, Scotston as, that's the night they play. Yeah. yeah. So I think actually that's probably the main reason rather than there's kind of like a loss of interest mm. in Glasgow. Mm. Um, but yeah, they'll pump them, don't worry. I'm not worrying then. <laughs> I'm not worrying. That's good. Um, well, we'll be back to dissect that next week and to preview the Champions Cup as it comes. Um, Scott abroad. Should we have a quick look through? Yeah, let's quickly look at it. We didn't talk about probably the, the biggest performance oh. from last week, Donkey, Donkey Weir. I, I, getting I I uh, 26 points or something against... Maybe not that much. 22, I think 22 points for Worcester in their pretty incredible victory away at Leicester, including two tries. And Worcester looking good in attack. When tries, it wasn't like... He broke the line. Mate, he was there. He was in was support. There. He was uh, in support. What? Wh- obviously, that, and then he was rested last weekend against Exeter. Rested all the way to the back pages of the Sunday Times in a nice interview. Yeah. Um, 
Is there a PR campaign to get Dunkey Weir back in the Scotland squad? I think we're we're heading it, aren't we? I, I believe we are. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I don't know. I, I, I think who, with Laidlaw, Hastings kind of coming up, it doesn't feel like you need the pudding right now. I would rather he spent autumn playing for Worcester and just getting more games under his belt. Yeah, I think you're probably... If you look, you've got Finn, Hastings, and then Pete Horn. Pete Horn. I would rather yeah, the pudding than Horn. I'd rather Jackson. pudding than Horn at 10. And I reckon Rui, you'll get into And it. I'd rather have Duncan Weir than Rui Jackson at 10. I I wouldn't mind seeing him in the squad. But I think with Russell in the squad, you've got enough cover that if he goes down, it's fine. I think if Russell was to go down, that's tight. The, yes, yes. The pudding's ready. Yeah. Yeah, I think you'll be in the wider squad. I think you'll go to the training camps in St Andrews and yeah, stuff like I that. Yeah, I think you will. Whether he gets into like the the smaller squad if they mm. cut it, yeah, I think he will come back. And it is great to see him play m- playing good rugby again. Do you know what I just I saw this week, which I hadn't realised, is they redid the St Andrews pitch so it was the exact same dimensions as Murrayfield. Did really? they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they could train on a pitch the exact same size as Murrayfield when they got up to St Andrews. I quite, I quite like that. Simple. Yeah, no. yeah, that's quite smart. Yeah. That's very like marginal gains. Yeah. Team Sky, Dave Brailsford. I like it. Um, that's Scott Johnson. That's where he adds his 300k <laughs> a year. Don't worry. Marginal gains. <laughs> Scott Johnson. A uh, few others. So David Denton's still playing pretty well for for Leicester. He looks good. Yeah, I think he's been. I think he got their player of the month for the first month of the season. So I think, I think he's solid. I think it's only going to be good for his game that he's getting a long string of. Yep. Lots of minutes in very big attritional games. I'd rather see him at eight than six. Yeah, just so he can get used to that because I, I don't see him as anything else for for Scotland. But it's good to see. Um, you getting him into a Scotland pack anytime soon? On the bench. As I think you. I think you offer. I think you offer something off the bench. Twenty minutes off the bench mm. from him. I think Blade Thompson add, would add more options off the bench. Interesting than a Dave Denton. Or a Strauss. You're skipping us ahead on Scott's I am, but no, Sam Madago Klein and not yet named in any Scotland squad the at Blade all, Runner. Blade Thompson, but expecting to see him in the November. Yeah. I mean, he's a big old unit, isn't he? He's a big boy, isn't he? And he's he's playing well mm. in a Scott starting for a, for a Scotland's team. I'd like to see him at six against Fiji. Yeah, I agree. Too, I think he'd be with too Bar- loose for Fiji. With Barkley out. <laughs> yeah. I think no, I he's think he's got to be in that squad. I would like to see a, a back three of the, the, the back row of Fiji of Blade Thompson, Bradbury, and Hamish Watson. Ooh, that is what I would like to it's see. It's really a cool back row. It is a cool back row. That's pretty cool. And there's rumours that Hardy was um, potentially going to go to the Scarlets. Interesting. This week, fair play. Uh, James Davis is yeah, is injured, injured for a lot of the season. That would be a very um, That'd be a very be good, good move sign. for him. I was I didn't actually see how much the highlights was Hidalgo Klein playing. He set up a nice little try for Jonathan Davies. Service looked pretty slick. So I, I don't know if he'll start when Gareth Davies is back, but Yeah. He seems to be playing as well as he can. Finn Finn Russell was a lovely little offload. Oh for Rassing. Finn's He's looking really good he down in France. He's enjoying himself, isn't he? I mean he did he did basically miss the tackle for Stade Francais try. 
He sort of fell yes, over as well he, in the process. He, he, <laughs> he, he bought the dummy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he was sold that easily. He's having a great time. Great romance with Simon Zebo growing there. Yeah. No, yeah. I like it. The two English speakers. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The basis of their friendship. Did you see what Zebo said, though? He said that he can understand Finn Russell when he's more when he's speaking French than when he's yeah, speaking did, his normal yeah, accent. I see that. I Which see that. I really want to see Finn try and do a press conference in French <laughs> just to see w- how much he tries to put on a French accent, if yeah. any. Yeah, that would be good. Um, no good. It's a what about Leedlo- uh, Greg Laidlaw? He was on the bench for Claremont. Yes, and they power back. They pumped. They, they, they pumped him on. Yeah. They've been kind of like rotating Para and and Laidlaw. Why not? So yeah, both getting on a bit. And, Le- and first Claremont seem to mean business this year. Yeah, they're doing really well. They look strong. They are a serious. He's looking like the Claremont Montpellier squads and yeah. like an absolute terrifying. joke it's terrifying yeah. but um no yeah i kind of feel like finn russell's stint in france is starting better than i thought it would i agree same yeah because racing has still been quite inconsistent but he seems to sort of be playing pretty well despite their yeah i mean more good than bad but i know it's uh and i think especially having pat lamb be injured it's yeah, it's given him. him yeah, it's given him that freedom. He's definitely played more rugby than I thought he would in the first sort of six rounds yeah. of, the tu- of the tournament. Yeah, like he's playing loads and loads, which mm. is good as long as he stays fit. Because if he gets injured, we are all fucked. <laughs> <laughs> um, on that happy note, we will end it, guys. We will come back to you next week um, to review the weekend's games and also look ahead to the first round of the Champions Cup. Can Alan? I say one thing? My you point, can. my point around the Dragons ten only chucking four passes. He was subbed off after twenty six minutes. <laughs> 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 oh my god <laughs> you save but your blushes, blushes it's actually yeah. quite good that we've corrected an error I know, on air I know. usually <laughs> usually people just point them out to us I it is right at the end of the episode though I know so I realised this when I looked at the ESPN stats about 10 minutes ago and I was like god I can't believe it's four passes scrolled down I was like replacement 10 had made like 10 <laughs> passes I was like oh, okay <laughs> it's actually going to be a really nice test for people who follow us and comment on us a lot as to whether they've gotten to yeah, this point yeah, yeah. because if they come <laughs> at you with some noise we know that they've um, they've cut off yeah um but please do keep chatting to us um on twitter at thistle rugby pod instagram thistle underscore rugby underscore pod get into the emails we love reading out your correspondence we're going to do that at the start of every episode now and that is the thistle rugby at gmail.com get onto itunes hit subscribe give us a five-star review and give us um we'll, get, we'll read those out as well we love hearing from you and we will see you next week guys cheers cheers see ya hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors saving you money and potentially your cat's life Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.